Welcome to the Book Hub, an online event space hosted by Luther Seminary. Hello and welcome uh, to this Faith Lead Book Hub event. Today we are focused on hope in vulnerable bodies, addiction, illness, and exhaustion. During this National Drug and Alcohol Awareness and Recovery Month in the United States, Faith Lead is hosting conversations about faith, addiction, and recovery, and more broadly, hope. Every Christian has a role to play in sowing hope in our faith communities and making space for recovery. Next, I'd like to introduce Jeff Daffler. Jeff works in economic development and public policy, teaches communications on the college level, and is active in his local church. A grateful recovering alcoholic, Jeff is the author of Sobriety. Uh, it starts with a P, like the Psalms, Sobriety, a journal, a journey of recovery through the Psalms. Jeff, over to you. Well, thank you, Leanne, and thank you, Christina, for that very relaxing opportunity to get in touch with our bodies and our surroundings, and uh, that was uh, that was wonderful. Thanks for doing that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm delighted to be here uh, uh, with Christina and Marianne and Leanne and everyone who's joined uh, today. It's wonderful. Um, Hope. Yes, my name is Jeff and I'm an alcoholic. I feel like that's how I should start the conversation. A grateful recovering alcoholic sober today for 1,754 days by the grace of God. Um, and so I am extremely thankful for that. And, and I think hope is a fantastic theme for this conversation. And, and I've said before that that is that is really the re reason why I, I wrote sobriety um, was to share the hope that I found, particularly in the Psalms, as I was participating in a 12 step recovery program with other people. Um, and I don't know if we have folks among us today who either are in recovery um, themselves or perhaps who uh, have loved ones or friends or, or, or aware of others in their lives who are in recovery, and you've heard their stories, you may realize that not a lot of us uh, come to recovery when everything's going great. <laughs> it's usually when things have gone absolutely horribly wrong for us, finally, um, that, that we get what I refer to and, and you hear in, in recovery traditions as a gift of desperation. And when you think about desperation, you don't think much about hope. And and, and so hope is in short supply when you start that, when you start down that road of recovery, and it's extremely important for us to try to find sources of it um, and to share with one another that hope that can sustain us on that journey. Um, you know, I think if you're familiar at all with with 12-step recovery programs or with Celebrate Recovery and, 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 and others, um, they're, you know, they're pretty transparent in the fact that they are spiritual programs of recovery. But sometimes those programs don't offer a lot of uh, tools in how to develop the spirituality that we need in order to sustain our recoveries over time. And, and so why, why the Psalms? Well, um, 
I so I as as Leanne mentioned, uh, I, I do attend church. I happen to attend a UCC church, and am uh, the son of a now retired UCC pastor. Um, and and for some reason, all through my life, uh, e- even at times when I felt very distant from God, uh, the Psalms were a special resource for me. I had special connection to that beautiful poetry, um, and. For whatever reason, uh, and I think it may have been inspired by God, on the first day in recovery, I got the Psalms back out, and I started with Psalm 1, and I decided that I would read one Psalm each day as part of my morning prayer and the other reading that I was doing, and I was amazed at what I found, Um, and then maybe it's because I was experiencing the Psalms from a different perspective, from that perspective of desperation that I had come to in my own, um, in, in, in my own alcoholism. And I found their incredible wealth of human experience and emotion embracing honesty with God um, that I found so powerful and refreshing. And I, as, as I continued down that path, um, I get to the last Psalm, Psalm 150. And when you know, I've got five months of sobriety and and that was a beautiful thing. And the Psalms were no small part of that. And so along the way, I, again, you know, I I wanted to try to, I was, I was moved to try to share that hope with other people. And that's really why I, I, I wrote the book. And, you know, I, I think what I might do today is, is, is share, uh, from the book, and uh, I'm going to pick a psalm that we don't hear in church very often, at least not, <laughs> at least not in, in the traditions that I've been part of. And, and that's Psalm 88. Um, and one of the reasons, perhaps, is it's a very dark psalm. And it may, be some, it may be difficult at first glance to pull something uplifting out of that psalm. Um, but I would also venture to guess that for a lot of people in recovery, um, Psalm 88 is probably one that speaks to us more than many of the other Psalms. And so uh, the way that the book is structured is that I have a couple of verses at the beginning of each. There's a, there's a reading for each of the uh, 150 Psalms, a, a brief devotional. It starts with a couple of verses from the Psalm, um, a discussion, and then uh, a prayer at the end. Uh, and this time, what I thought I might do is read just a little bit more of Psalm 88 than the, the two verses that appear at the top of the uh, devotional in the book. So, Psalm 88. O Lord, God of my salvation, when at night I cry out in your presence, let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like those who have no help, like those forsaken among the dead, like the stain slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me and you overwhelm me with all your waves. Uh, 
I am desperate. Those words from verse 15 of Psalm 88 sum up the condition expressed. We find here the prayer of someone who has given up nearly all hope. The psalmist is so overwhelmed by sorrow and suffering that all he can do is cry out for God's help. There is no expression of hope or faith, only despair. I know this place. It is exactly where I found myself on my final day of drinking. My life had imploded and lay in ruins all around me. My mind and body were sickened, my relationships broken. Not even alcohol could make me feel better, no matter how much I drank. Most of the time, I didn't even want to go on living. I only wanted the pain to end. But I didn't know how to make it stop. I felt like a lost cause. And yet, there was just enough of a flicker of life left in me that I thought of God. I was no longer a spiritual person, having turned away from God years before. I had no expectation of divine intervention, but it was my last resort. And so I prayed the simple prayer of a desperate man, God, please help me. We don't know what happened to the writer of Psalm 88, but I hope he experienced what many of us did, the power and saving grace that only comes from a higher power. Since saying that simple prayer, I haven't had to take another drink. God lifted me up out of the hell of my old existence and gave me hope and new life. And God can do for each of us what we could not do for ourselves. God, we thank you for hearing our cry, saving us from despair and death and giving us new life. Please keep us sober today. Amen. So I chose that psalm because, as I said, I think it gets at the desperation that we feel when we're at what we call the bottom. But it also shows us a way, a pathway to recovery and to reliance on God. Because Despite all of the, 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 the expressions of desperation that the psalmist uses in that psalm, there's, the psalmist is still taking those cries before God. And you, we only do that when we expect some response and intervention. And um, in, in that, maybe it's, the, it's just the beginning. It's just enough hope to get started walking down a different path. And that's, that's the way it was for me. And so I would just encourage um, those of us in, in the faith community to think about and, 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 and meditate on, perhaps, the desperation that those who are in this position uh, may be feeling. And to, to be open and honest ourselves in response, to be able to offer the church as a refuge for those who are suffering. Um, you know, one, one way we can do that, I think, is by trying to reduce the stigma. It's one of the reasons why um, I use my full name and um, I'm pretty out there and open uh, as an alcoholic. Um, 
I can tell sometimes when I share my story with with people uh, who uh, aren't who don't suffer from the disease of addiction, there's discomfort or um, a little bit of uneasiness. Uh, this we don't always want to get into that space, but I I believe I believe as the church, God is calling us daily to get into that space um, and, and 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 to learn and to be present, to be helpful and hopeful. To, uh, to those who are struggling. One, one idea that I'll throw out there for the group today is something that we just started at my church um, last night, in fact. <laughs> I like to call it 12 Steps for Normal People. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's based on actually uh, Richard Rohr's book, Breathing Underwater, um, uh, Spirituality and the 12 Steps. And uh, we're doing this uh, as a means of, of helping people uh, who may not be suffering from the disease of addiction to access the 12 steps as a means of growing their own spirituality. And, um, you know, I, I, I believe as, as I think father Rohr does that there's a very strong connection between the 12 steps and the gospel of Jesus. And, um, I think it can be a powerful tool in all of our lives. It certainly has been, um, uh, for mine.